Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Amen. Everybody can hear me fine with no issues. Uh, again, thanks for calling. And again, I am Rod. Tonight we are at the Spirit to Go, which is our online Bible study brought to you by GoGospel.com, which is a great place for a daily word in the genre of holy hip hop and by GoGospel clothing apparel, where for you, for family, and for the kingdom, where 10% of all proceeds go to a charity. So tonight we're continuing Mark. My word, this season will mark my word, and we'll start with chapter five and six. Again, we have done one and two, it's been great. One, three and four has been great. Um, so we watched the, uh, Jesus come in, and he, he, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He's, he's tempted past that test. So then he starts his ministry, he goes out, and he starts to heal and, and, and cleanse and cast out unclean spirits, and the spirits obey this. He gets baptized by John, and he fulfills that prophecy. And the Lord says, this is my son, and who I am well pleased. And he continues to move. And what he's, what he's learning as is that everyone that's there with him is not for him. Amen. That's a good note to make because a lot of times everyone who's with us in our circle is not for us. But Mark plays a great picture. We just want to do a little background work. Um, saying, mark my word, right? But first we start our Bible studies with Romans 10 and 9, that you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's our key verse of our goal, that everyone is saved. Amen. If you need more information about that verse, just get in contact with us. We'll start you on your new way in your fellow in Christ and your new um, relationship with the Lord. So, our foundation verse for this season of Mark My Word from Galatians chapter 6 and 7, where it says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever man also reap. So do not be deceived. Why, why is that so important? Because he's saying that because we're going to be this we're going to be tempted to be deceived. This deception is coming because the the Lord of deception and, and deceit is the devil himself. Right? So he's going to deceive us. But the thing about it is the Bible says, the Lord says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Right? For whatever man or woman sows, he or she will also reap. So if we reap this, we're going to, if we sow the flesh, we're going to reap that of the flesh. But if we sow the spirit, we're going to reap that of the spirit. And Lord, desire us to sow into the spirit for the Lord's Spirit, he says, be holy, for I am holy. So the battle every day is between the flesh and the spirit, but not do not. God is not mock, meaning God is not playing. <laughs> you can't mock God. Understand? Mock my word. God is the God, his word. In the beginning was the word, the word is God's word. If you reap, you will sow accordingly. So if you, if you reap bad, you 
sow bad, you're going to reap bad. Amen. God is not playing, so be not, do not be deceived that God is not. So Mark, Mark chapter 5 opened up, and it's titled, A Demon-Possessed Man Healed. Right? So chapter 5, verse 1 says, Then they came to the other side, to the country of Gardernus, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Look at your neighbor say, man of an unclean spirit. So it identifies who this man is. This man has an unclean spirit. We don't have to guess. We don't have to uh, second guess. It lets us know who this man is. Not only is this a man, this is a man defined that has an unclean spirit. Now, he's out immediately and met Jesus. So he comes to Jesus. Verse 3 says, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, right? So no one could bind, no one could tie him up. So no man could but Jesus, right? No ordinary man. That's why I get a little frantic when I hear people talk about binding. Oh, it's just buying you. Who's just buying? Oh, how are you doing all this binding? <laughs> now, no ordinary man, no one could bind him, but here comes the Lord, right? Watch this. Not even with chains, because he had often been bound with chains and the chain part by him. And the shackles broke into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. So he breaks these shackles that people are trying to bind him with. Right? But people are quick to bind, though. But that spirit, look at your neighbor and say, that spirit strong. <laughs> That's a strong, unclean spirit. So in verse 5, it says, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Now, that's, out, that's inside out. So verse 6 says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped. Cry out with a loud voice and said to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. I implore you by God that you do not do not taunt me. Verse 8, for he said to him, come out of the unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out. Tell to this, this, when Jesus, when he sees Jesus from afar, not up close, and that's because I don't know about you, it's easy to recognize someone you know up close. But of the power, imagine the to recognize someone from afar. So he recognized Jesus from the spirit, the spirit thing. Because it's an unclean spirit that recognized the Lord, who is spirit, from afar. And he says, listen, first thing he do is fall down and worship. So if the unclean fall down and worship the God according to protocol, so should we up close. But watch this. What I love about it, the spirit falls to the Lord, right? Because you can't stand upon the Lord's glory and not fall. 
And he says and he acknowledged who he is. First of all, the name of both names, the first thing he said is Jesus. <clears throat> right? Jesus probably identifies him as the most high God. He said, No, I know who you are. <laughs> and I know I'm in the wrong place. So I beg of you, right? Please don't torment me. Because he know that that could happen. So Jesus goes and says, hey, come out. What's your name? So he tells him the name. He said, listen, my name is uh, Legion, but we are many. So Tan watch. he says, also he begged him honestly. He would not send them out of the country more than one. Legion, one word. Them, more than one. He says, now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain, so all the demons begged him to the swine that we may enter them. And, and once Jesus gave them permission. That's key. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the sea, placed into the sea, and drowned in the sea. The beg. What do you mean? They begged Jesus to send them into the swine. He gave them permission to go. What do you mean? So, so the uh, evil spirit begged the Lord. So he has power and dominion over evil spirits. So when we call on the Lord or a spirit that is bad, trust me, he has the power to deliver that which is, that spirit or that demon which is bad within a person or in a place or a thing. What I love about it is the Bible says gives them permission. Why is permission so key? Because he didn't have to give them permission. He can say, no, you got, you going to get what's coming and you're going to get this torment. But even to the demon, God has grace and mercy. Peace. I'm trying. Because what would they been of? Grace is, is definition right. See, is grace is mercy is unmerited favor. And grace is getting that which you are undeserving of. I have to work on my definition. Deserve mercy, but God gave it. Amen. Watch. So they drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. They told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Uh, when 5, verse 15 says, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. They were afraid. So what was it? Well, the Lord did not give us a spirit, but a power, love, and what? A sound mind. It said they find him in his right mind. So therefore, what I'm seeing here, even with us, the Lord has work already in place. His glory for his mission and for his plan. They said the man had been in the tombs many a days, cutting himself, crying out. He was known to be shadow of doubt that he was dead. But here comes the Lord performs a miracle, letting people know, showing people who God, I can heal, I can deliver, and I can cast out clean spirits. Come to me. As I come in contact 
and then been cleansed by God, it places you in your right mind. Because we are unclean and we have been led astray, we are not in our So what the first thing the Lord does when he cleanses us, he places our right mind. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So therefore, uh, and they were, they were, oh, man, dear. Ooh, listen, well, Lord, they give us that. And those who sold them, how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Verse 17, then they began to plead with him to depart from the region. Verse 18 says, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged with him. Now, here's another thing. So God permission to the demons to go into the swine. As a matter of fact, the Bible says they right? Therefore, though begging is not actually what happens when we pray to God, right? When we pray to God, it's more of a request. Then have leave. Then have the follow according to your will. Do you? It's a request. So therefore, that which you pray for, he still has to get permission it, it happens. Sometimes I say no. What do you mean? He don't let it happen. He doesn't per to happen. But here's the man that's demon possessed. Like, listen, I want to follow you according to your will. Let me go with you. But watch what Jesus said. How not permit him. Verse 19. But he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord had done for you. He has had compassion on you. And he departed and became into cast all that Jesus had done for him and all marvel. Here's the thing. The Lord's compassion. He's a compassionate God. By the love and desire of the people that want to be healed and then by him. So God has compassion. He sees the hurt. He, he sees the pain. What we're going through moves God. And he allows us. But here's the thing. So now that we've been clean, we've been delivered, what do we have now? So we follow the Lord, right? Yes. Took up my cross, follow the Lord. But at the same time, not only do I find one of the people about how he delivered us. But he tells me, hey, now, nah, it'll be greater for me. I got enough followers. I'm on my Facebook. I got enough followers. I need a witness. <laughs> you go witness. Go tell everybody. He said, just that. The Bible said he went and did just that. And all Because he was already set up the miracle to be a powerful testimony because man is not in his right mind. So now more power than to aid. I know God here, this dude, because this dude is in his mouth for a fact. Right? Amen. So let's keep going. So now we start in verse 21 and it switches. It switches to a girl restored to life and a woman healed. I'm talking about those two things. He's still moving. He's performing miracles, right? He's not dealing with unclean spirits. He's in that right. He he's preaching. He's preaching, and it's action. 
So he goes and says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great group gathered to him. And he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue named, and he, and when he saw him, he fell at Sound familiar? Now, synagogue, seeing Jesus fell at his feet, and he would do what? The same thing similar to the Spirit. Him honestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, and she may be healed. And she will pray. Verse 24 says, so when, so Jesus went with him, and the two followed him and thronged him, meaning touching him as he was moving around. Verse 25 says, now I serve one who had a flow of blood for 12 What's your neighbor say? Twelve years. That's a long time. For twelve years, and had suffered many things from many. He had spent all that. Could your neighbor say all? Spent all that she had, and no, and was no better, but rather grew worse. Wow. It's already tough to, to spend it all and get worse. So now, right. This is the bottom situation. Verse 27 said, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind and it's gone. She didn't hug him, didn't kiss him, she just touched him. Verse 28 says, for she said, if only I may touch his made well. Verse 29 said, immediately the fount of her blood was dried up and she heard by that she was. Verse 30 says, and Jesus immediately Knowing in that power had gone out of him, turned around and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the mother to you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around her who had done this thing. Verse 33 says, But the woman trembling had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Amen. There's a lot of falling down of things for when the Lord delivers us, when the Lord heals us, to fall down. And watch this. When you're touched by the truth, the truth comes out of you. Got that in. That was, that was expressed right there. All right. Not peasant. Now, old one. He called a daughter. Meaning. Possession, meaning this is relationship. But if you are the daughter, then now the father. Watch how he tells. So he says, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of affliction." By believe that she can be healed by the Lord's garment. And then he goes and conforms it. Is that it cost him something. What do you mean, brother? Well, he's, well the Bible says that he felt it. Would that be the case if I get something from someone to believe you or acknowledge you? 
Because even though it didn't cause much to me, it caused to them. So he said, he's acknowledging. He said, go for your faith. Right? Because it's by it's all about faith. No, this is good. So there, first, verse 35 says, while he was still speaking, some from the ruler of the synagogue's house said, you're dead. Why trouble the teacher and the father? Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Highlight that, underline that, because that means not be afraid, but have faith. Amen. And he let's go that again. He permitted no one other to him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Verse thirty-eight said, "Then he came to the house of the synagogue, and those who wept and wailed loudly came in. He said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping.' Verse, and they ridiculed him. But when he had put them took the father and the mother and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by hand and said to her, Talithi Akuma, which means translate the little girl. I see the girl arose and walked. For she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them that no one should know it. It said that something should be. Watch this. So the woman with the issue of blood will have your blood for 12 years. So then he comes next, performs another miracle, and heal and, 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 and back a little girl from death that they thought was dead. He's not that she was sleeping. But he brought her back from the dead, and she was 12 years. Here's the thing. The Bible said immediately the girl rose and walked. Here's the thing. So not only is Jesus has power, demonic spirits and unclean spirits, he has it. My God. So what is it that Jesus not do? So he goes and he's healing. He was, uh, 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 right? He casting out demons. He healing a man who's who's perfect. So it's amazing that God is showing us His dominion and power over showing us eternal power. So even death has no power. So these are the things that are being put on display. As he moves through, amazing, right? So, Lord, graciously reassured that do not be afraid. Don't believe the girl is actually dead. Face the power of Jesus over demons, disease, and death. Man, that's in the notes. Some good notes, by the way. I got a copy. Amen. Chapter six. Moving right along. So, keep pushing. Now. Chapter started rejected at Nazareth. Big well, Jesus from Nazareth. It said nothing could ever good come out of Nazareth. Some of us come from small towns. Some of us come from big cities. Some, some of us come from the suburbs. 
if it's anywhere we should be loved, we should be loved where we from, right? I always be able to go home and be good. If I can't go nowhere else, Los Angeles, I don't really know nobody. I can go to Utah. I go, I don't know nobody. But when I go to Blakely, I should be. Now, since Jesus is rejected, that tell you right. More when you're rejected and not good by your own people. Understand what I'm saying? Like these are the people that truly post the love. I can imagine how a child would feel being scorned or hurt by a father or being scorned or hurt by a mother in which that's the person that should love them unconditionally, that should be for them, but instead they're rejected, so it scorns them. That hurts them to their soul. So now either they can be devastated by it or they can turn it and in in some kind of way find some good or use it for some good. Amen. This is great Bible study. Verse six, let's get out of here. Chapter six says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Verse two says, The Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him was astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is with this which he is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Verse 3 says, Is this not this ch- not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Hoses, Judas, and Simon, and Arnus? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now we could do no mighty works there. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their faith. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He gets there. And they say, listen, we know who this dude is. As a matter of fact, I can go to another city. They don't even know my dad a carpenter. They don't even know my mama Shirley, my mama Mary. But where I'm from, they know me. They know they don't know just a little bit by me. They know a lot by me. They know my school teaching. They know who they know what grade I what classes I took. So now it's like, wow, you know me. Why are you trying to act like you don't know me? But because I'm doing these things. Jealousy, envy, they reject him. So he said, listen, I've done something here. I can't do any more mighty work here because no matter what I do, no matter if I spin on my head, uh, break dance, whatever the case may be, it you know, ain't nothing I can do for these people to acknowledge who I am. Amen. So, but he marveled because of their unbelief, in verse 6 says, and he marveled. Because of their unbelief, that they didn't believe. It's like, bro. So he did what he could, and he kept teaching, right? That didn't stop him. He kept kept moving, he kept teaching, 
And verse 7 says, And he called the twelve to himself, and he began to send them out two by two and gave them power. Right? Over unclean spirits. Verse 8 says, He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper, and their metal belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tonics. Uh, tunics. Verse 10 says, also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there on your feet as a testimony against them, and surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Wow. Verse 12, so they went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons, and anointed went or many who were sick and healed them. So now the disciples are able to go out and apply that thing which they have learned. You know, I mean, you know how people go to school, people go to college, and they learn a trade. And you know, it's good in the classroom. Now that you graduated, you get an opportunity to go out and do that profession from which you went to school for. So here the disciples have been following Jesus, watching him perform miracles, watching him heal the sick, watching him count death. So he gives them the power. Say, listen, you're going to be able to do these things, go out. Y'all go out by two. Why is it so important to go out two? Because by going out by two, right, you can conform. Someone can give witness, an account. No mischief. Hey, I'm preaching the word. I'm conforming what I am. Um, confirmation on what you're preaching is true, right? So also, it's strength in numbers. Right? And it's mutual help in traveling together. Right? So the disciples were to go forth without provision, no bag, no bread, no copper, no money in their belts. They were to trust him to supply everything they needed. So here the Lord is a, not only is he a healer, a deliverer, but he also provides for them. They ought to trust him. Like, don't go out with money, no no, nothing. I'm going to provide everything you need. And here's the thing. They didn't miss. People say, man, I got laid off my job. I hit a hard time. But guess what? I didn't miss a meal. I didn't miss a beat. Why? Because God, the Lord, provides. He's a provider. Right? Watch this. Certainly to no one who would envy them, he told them to wear sandals. Say, what do you mean? Because if they went out all wealthy, certainly no one would envy disciples in their possessions because they didn't have nothing. So he let he so he let that not be a trait. Oh, I want to be a sidecar. Look how rich they are. My God. So therefore, he sent them out as meek as possible, nor to be attracted to Christianity by the prospect of becoming wealthy. They were sent out with the most frugal of circumstances. This is good, right? There's a lot of stuff in that. So we watching, we watching, we watching. Let's keep moving. So. They're preaching, they're catching our demons, they're healing. So they're given the power to do so, and they are doing it, right? So job well done. Verse 14, this is titled, John the Baptist Beheaded. Pay attention to this. Now, in verse 5, now we get to verse, I mean, sorry, in chapter 5, Jesus heals a little girl who was dead and brought her back from the dead. Now, in verse 14, John the Baptist is being one stream to another. Watch this, though. Verse 14, now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well-known. Look at your neighbor say he became popular. Well-known. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead 
<laughs> and these powers are at work in him. That was his misconception. That's what he thought. So verse 15 says, others said it's Elijah, and others said it's the prophet or like one other prophet. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. What that mean? Somebody don't tell her, hey, he raised his girl from the dead. I bet you done, bad. That's who it is. <laughs> Look at his name. So he's scared, though. But watch this. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and behold, and bound him in prison for the sake of um, Herodias, his brother, for he had married her. John had said to Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So that's how it all went down. So John goes, tells the king about what's unlawful. The king get mad, which he know that it wasn't lawful to do so, so he kills him. But watch this, not even more. Therefore, Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she not. For Herod feared John. Remember I just said earlier he, he was scared of John? Knowing that he was just was a just and holy man, and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Verse 21 says, Then an opportune day came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast to his nobles and his high officers and the chief men of Galilee. Verse 22 says, And when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced, came in and danced, what? And please, Herod, and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want, and I he ordered her, whatever you ask me, I will give give you up to half my kingdom. He said, you can ask anything. I give it all to you, even half my kingdom. That's some powerful dancing. Let's keep going. <laughs> so she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? He said, the head of John the Baptist, my God. So this is counsel from the mother to the child. My God. So the enemy is in play. So here's John the Baptist preaching the word, teaching the word of repentance, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from your evil ways to Christ. But the enemy don't like that. He don't want nobody saved. So the enemy in play. He using the mother's and all the tools, he even using dance. Because the dance is what got it all. Amen. That unclean dance is going to get you killed. That's a note. It's in your notes. In the Bible, we have a note. Point four. So she said, so she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? And the mother said, the head of John the Baptist. Verse 25 says, immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, Saying, I want to give me one. Um, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Verse twenty six says that the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of, and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately, the king sent and executed executioners commanded his head to be brought. And when he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to the mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in the tomb. Amen. Now, this is in Mark, but if you read other uh, uh, books of the gospel, uh, Mark, Luke, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew, Luke, and John, it tells you how prior to that, when John the Baptist went 
and sent for Jesus and said, hey, are you the one or shall I send for another? And Jesus goes and say, go back and tell John the things that I'm doing. What do you mean? He said, go back and tell him I'm raising the dead. It ain't nothing they can do to you. Even if they kill you, I got you. That's that reinsurance. Jesus always gives a reinsurance. So just because he, he they thought that killing John and taking John's life or something, Jesus said, hey, I got it. You will be with me. I'm raising the dead. Don't worry about that. Amen. So reassurance that even though this happened, that what that's what happened. Amen. So verse 30, let's keep pushing. Verse 30 says, Then the, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, but what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest, rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to the desert, deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the mother too saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. That's the word compassion again, right? Because they were like sheep with not having a shepherd. So the people was coming to Christ. And even today, the Lord is, is compassionate about people coming to Christ. That's why we're in church and people give their life to Christ. It should be a clap. There should be a cheer. There should be a hallelujah. Because the Lord is compassionate about that moment when people are coming to him because he understands that these are sheep that are lost that need a shepherd. Amen. So he began to teach many things. Verse 35 says, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Verse 36 says, he sent them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they are having nothing to eat. Verse 37 says, but he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. So what do you mean? He said, feed them. The same thing I'm doing, he was like, Rod, feed my sheep. Like, whoever's on the call, like, go out and feed them. Lord, I ain't got nothing. Yeah, you do. Give them the word. What's the word? The word is the bread of life. So he's instructed us, hey, people hungry, feed them. But see, we always think intangible. And that's how they think, and they think intangible. But here's a great here's a great work that the Lord is about to put on display. He said to them, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Verse 38, 38 says, but he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five five loaves and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he blessed it, and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided amongst them all. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets fragments and of fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. So what I love about this, and this is a good note, he broke the bread, he gave thanks, and then he passed it to his disciples to give out. Here's the thing. It was, two, it was five loaves and two fish. He looked to heaven. He blessed it. He broke it, and he gave. That's like an exercise regimen. Bless, break. Give. Bless, break, give. Bless, break, give. What do you mean? Because anything that we get, 
We should acknowledge and break it and say, Lord, thank you, because you are the one that's providing this increase. I know this is thousands of people, and I only have this. But it's not I who's multiplying it, it's the Lord. It's not I who's giving an increase. Even Jesus acknowledged that it's my Father who's doing this. So he gives thanks. He says, thank you, Lord. And the more he thanked, the more the Lord would break it. As a matter of fact, they broke so much that they had leftovers. <laughs> they took up 12 baskets of fragments. This is an awesome miracle. Right? So here now, Jesus had a miracle of bringing the dead back to life. He said, uh, on uh a clean, un, clear the unclean spirit, right? He has, uh, 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 he so he has healed, cast out an unclean spirit, and brought the bread dead back to life. He's from a miracle, miracle. But it also it shows you not only is he a healer in our lives, he's also a provider, and he's also a savior and a security in rough times. So he protected all the disciples that went out and they came back. No harm came upon them. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. So watch this. Jesus walks on water, and we're almost done. Verse 45 says, immediately he went, immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. To the While he sent the multitude away, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Amen. So Jesus goes by himself up to the mountain up high. Look at your neighbor say up high. So he goes up to the up high to pray to the Father, right? Uh, and that's what we should do, spending that time, that um, intimacy. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. All right, so he's on land in the, up on the mountain there in the sea. Then he saw them straining at rowing. For the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he went up on the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts was hardened. Verse 53 says, When they had crossed over, they came to the land of innocent and anchored there and when they came out of the boat immediately the people recognized him ran through through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to whoever they heard he was whenever he entered into the village cities and the country they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that he may just touch the hem of his garments and as many touched him were made well amen so he was healing all of those who um, touched him. I want to say this, and it's from the notes for those who have the notes. In the miracle that followed, the disciples saw a picture of how the Savior would give himself to be the bread of life for a starving world. His body would be broken that others may have eternal life. So the symbolism of breaking the bread was the breaking of his body. And when we take communion, he said, this is my body for which it's on Calvary. Let's break it and eat of it. <clears throat> so it was just symbolism, right? Of the body of Christ will have eternal life. Paul once said, the disciples of the Lord should to supply their needs. 
they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will be supplied. Verse 2 says, uh, part 2 says, the reason we are not more freely given to men is that we are not yet properly broken. Mm. So if we are properly broken, we will be more freely given. So until we get that time, that's not what takes place. Verse 3 says, Jesus did not disturb the food himself. He allowed his disciples to do this. His plan is to feed the world through his people. So you notice when Jesus broke and gave it to his disciples, he didn't go hand it out himself, which he could have, but he wanted them to get practice in doing it because the Lord said, I, I want you, this is my plan for you guys to feed the world because you are my people. Amen. Four said, the fragments that were left over 12 baths were more than he started with. My God. God is a forgiver, yet notice that nothing was wasted. Surplus was gathered up. Waiting. Right? Jesus on the mountain represents Christ in his present ministry in heaven, interceding for his people. Look at this. He's an all-seeing Savior. Though he was a, he could see them. The Lord sees everything. So you may be able to hide from man, but you can't hide from God. The Lord sees everything. He was on the mountain day in the sea, but he see him struggling. So he came to him. Said, listen, be a good cheer as I. Right? And even though he did that, the thought seems to be that even after seeing the power of the Lord in the miracles of the loaves, right, because the disciples just seen him bread and feed thousands, they still did not realize that nothing was impossible for him. So you would think miracles he's performed, casting out demons, bringing the dead back alive. That sure would have done it. At this point, they still are not understanding the marvels and the power of the Lord, that nothing is impossible to him. So he comes and he walks on water. That should have been nothing. The dead should have been more powerful than that. So they shouldn't have been surprised to see him walking on the water because it was no greater miracle than the one they had just witnessed. The lack of faith produces hardness of the heart and of the spiritual perception. That's the closing note. But here's the closing note. No, some people, but all. The Bible says all who came to him was healed. You can't come in true contact with Jesus and not be well. That's a fact. That's a truth. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your word tonight, Father God. We've given us that bread, Father God, of life that we may inherit eternal life, Father God. We thank you for giving us the instruction, the power, and the ability, Lord, to go out and heal, Father God, to go out and touch, to go out and share your word, Father God, and knowing that nothing is impossible to you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for moving ah, through these places, Lord, and being an example for the Father God. So many are rejected in our own cities, God, by our own people, Father. That's okay, Father God. So, yeah, you love us. And, Lord, and that's all that matters. We will continue to seek you first. So, Lord, if anything we might have done this week that was unpleasing to you, Father God, we have said our sins be clean, with a clean heart and a clean mind. We love you and we honor you with all that we do. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.